Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Morning, welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Gentle reminder: you want to shop today because it is Black Friday. Just think of all the savings. We are talking about career transitions. Listen, Christmas around the corner. I know many people are looking at their bonus, uh, the numbers, and for some, if the numbers are not up to expectations, you might be thinking this is a good time to reflect, maybe take on a different challenge, possibly a different industry. Well. Our friends at the Business Times tell us that a recovering economy actually nudged more people to switching jobs last year. And pay wasn't the only factor. Manpower agencies, employees we spoke with say work-life balance is another common reason. People want freedom, right? A greater sense of freedom and value and respect. Now, more workers in some sectors change jobs within the last year compared with other sectors. So more people switch if they were in so-called growth sectors. And at the top of the list, information and communications, that sector saw 18.1% of people there switching jobs last year, up from 14% the year before. So how can you manage your career transition, you might be thinking, hmm, it's a good time, Michelle. I listened to your last show about taking stock of where you are in your career. Now I want to take the next move forward. How do I make that happen? I'm so happy to welcome my friend Daniel Sim. He's sharing his experience today with us. Daniel spent more than 10 years in public service, both in the military and in the Prime Minister's office. And he realized after trading in stocks and bonds and Forex that it was Good old property, bricks and mortar property that has given him the freedom that he wants in his life. He's actually converted, uh, amongst many other things, two blocks of offices into a 12-bedroom apartment. He has a portfolio of some 50 units across 15 properties and he teaches others to grow their passive income streams. I love talking to him because he's come on the show to talk about how to build your own revenue streams and develop what he calls your golden goose properties based in the UK. He's founder of Born Poor Die Rich. you got to love the title of that coaching and education outfit, which he started back in 2018. Daniel, good morning. Morning, Michelle. Hi. Good to speak with you again. Now, listen, you went from seven years in the SAF. You were a scholar, officer, rose the ranks to major... So iron rice bowl, and then you go to the prime minister's office where you're involved in organizational development. And now you're in the uh, private sector. You've got your own company. You're an entrepreneur. Can you take us to that first instinct when you think, I have to change my life? What goes through your head? What are you aiming for then? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it was an intended journey to travel from public sector to the private sector, working in a private company and then my own business. I didn't decide to try everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, on the journey, it's a really good question. It took me actually months and months of thinking about it, uh, discussing with my wife, because it is a big decision, uh, especially, you know, it's something that you're used to and especially if it's something that you're, you're good at doing. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much in my time in the military, but I think the first instance where I realized that, hey, maybe I want to, to have a change is looking ahead, you know, to other people who are already, you know, maybe five years, seven years ahead of me in the career and asking myself the question, do I 
you know, aspire to be like them? Do I want to take on roles in the company uh, that are like them? Do I feel like, you know, my life would be fulfilled? I mean, I was looking for perhaps more passion because I, I signed up. I, I mean, I, I signed on in the, in the military then because my dad's very old. Uh, he's, he's in his 80s. And I just needed, uh, I was really blessed, you know, to get the scholarship and see myself through school, uh, take care of my family. So I'm really, really grateful for that. But beyond, you know, the, the basic needs uh, of caring for your family, I reached a point where I was asking myself, what is my passion in life? And I started to search for answers. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is you're also a dad, right? When you made that transition uh, to entrepreneurship, you, were you already a dad then? <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. I didn't even realize that. that uh, my firstborn, uh, you know, was my, my, da- my daughter was born that year. And I think that somehow, you know, for, for those of us who are parents, our life perspective sh- uh, shift, right? Yeah. Because we don't just want to work till, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night in the office. We really want to rush home and be with the family. Mm. But it's also very inspiring because very often people are weighed down by that responsibility and think, I can't change because I'm a dad. I'm a new dad now. Um, So really inspiring. And that's what we're here to learn, Dan. If you can share with people one tip at this point, I'll keep coming back to this point (laughs) along the way. One tip on making that career transition a reality for them. What would you mm-hmm. say that should be, that is for you? Yeah, I would say it depends on really which age group you're in. So, I mean, if I was in my 20s, mm. or, you know, and I'm just starting work, uh, <laughs> the world's our oyster, right? There's no liabilities. Uh, you know, you're early on in your, in your career. You can switch pretty easily. I would think they're most mobile. Then I was in my 30s and I, you know, already having a dad. I didn't want to just quit and not have any sort of income, right, uh, in the next months. So I think the big tip really for me, especially then, or a big consideration that my wife and I had was how do we uh, navigate the transition in a way that's smooth? Um, You know, if I have to take a pay cut, what does it then mean for the family and expenses? Because, um, yes, I want to pursue an area that I may be more passionate about, which I did, which is building teens and culture. Um, However, it also entailed that I I had to take a pay cut in that transition. So how do I then manage that? (laughs) Because there's also the practical aspects of things to think about. Wow, so you took a pay cut when you moved from SAF to PMO? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I actually did. (laughs) And you did that because you were looking for your passion. Well, technically, uh, you know, once again, back to the tip of how do I manage it seamlessly. On the side, I was also building up sources of uh, passive income. Oh. So whilst everybody thought, hey, you know, this dude is crazy. Why is he, you know, just throwing away his career where he's doing well? Yeah. But I, but I guess it's not also not that, right? It's, it's about, I guess it started to dawn on me that apart from my responsibilities and work, who I am as an individual, people always talk about YOLO and, you know, they jump off cliffs or they go <laughs> paragliding or whatever. <laughs> But to me, YOLO, you know, you only live once. It also means that we have a responsibility to get it right, to get our one life, you know, in order in, yeah. uh, you know, and, and on my deathbed, right? I want to look back and think, I don't want to think about, oh, how many papers or policies did I write or, you know, uh, how much money did I make for my company? But rather, what is my rich life? And, and me coming back to this idea of born poor die rich, it's not just a mad chase for money, but mm. what is that rich life that... I really have lived, you know, in, in a life of no regret. Wow. Love it when we talk to people who walk the talk. So, and it's a very important point. You only live once. Stop waiting to live your life. Live mm. it, 
right? Live it the way you want to live it. But what were some of your real challenges when we talk about moving and career shifts? <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one, yeah. I think the, the a big challenge, obviously, apart from work-life balance and the practical aspects of pay, I think it comes together, right? Because some people, and I speak to some friends, some of our clients, they say, hey, I don't mind maybe taking a pay cut because I'm more passionate about that uh, line of work. Or perhaps I don't have to work till 3 a.m. at night. I was just stop talking to somebody that works, works till from 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah. for like six months. And she mm. said, I, I just... At the end of it, she was clearing leave, but she couldn't even rest because her, her whole body, her whole health was just wrecked. Yeah. And, and I thought, that's so true, isn't it? We, we, everything comes really at a trade-off. Uh, we don't want to wake up one day in our you know, 40s and 50s and wonder, yes, I have achieved some at work, but what have I given up in that process as well? So to, to your point, your question on you know, what were some of the challenges, it was then perhaps uh, fitting into the culture. Uh, it, it, and I really had to ask myself, uh, how do I want to show up at work? Right? Do I want to work very late at night? <laughs> do I want to work uh, on weekends? I think these are things that perhaps you need to have, have a real think about because sometimes the culture may or may not accepting of it. I've worked in organizations where if you work on weekends, it's frowned upon. It's like, hey, stop working there and stop working on weekends. Mm. Go, and, go and be with your family. Mm-hmm. I've also worked in cultures where uh, you know emails come in and they expect an immediate reply because it's urgent. But when everything is urgent, and then I started to really ask myself, is this how I really want to show up? Mm-hmm. And I think for those of us, I mean, we might be thinking of making a transition. Some of us have already made a transition. I would say be yourself. Uh, live your life and, and decide what your non-negotiable in terms of, say, working hours, in terms of your pay. How much do you really need in terms of your finances? I mean, at first glance, people always think more is better. Yeah. But working through your expenses, um, you know, provide a lifestyle for your family. If you could be at home more often, for example, or have more days of leave, how much do you really need in terms of your salary? And I think then the possibilities really open up a lot more. And I think a, a, another big thing that really helped me when I was moving into the world of facilitation, um, learning more about cultures and organizations, mm. was working for free. Because <laughs> I had no clue, right? Like, who would want this? Uh, then, you know, somebody who has totally no experience uh, or at least it seemed mm. um, and I started to just work for free uh, enjoy it lots of learning add value to other people mm. and in the process of that build up my experience and credibility as well love how we're having this open real conversation about career transitions my friend Daniel Sim is joining me he is founder of a education consultancy coaching consultancy called Born Poor Die Rich they help you look at your golden goose properties space in the UK. You know what those are. They keep laying those golden eggs. That's what we, we love, right? Uh, an <laughs> ongoing revenue stream. Daniel, were you ever doubtful about uh, what you were doing when you moved careers from SAF to PMO and then private sector and entrepreneurship? Well, that's a really good question. I think <laughs> hand on heart, the answer is definitely yes. Because you never, you can't really see a hit into the future, right? I mean, to a point where things are better. Mm. But at that moment, every transition is very scary. It is uh, very uncertain. Uh, but at the same time, you know, for me, it's it's um, a few mantras in life, right? One is you only live once, so you should just make the best out of it. The second thing is do whatever it takes to move in the direction that you desire. 
So that said, you know, a lot, I also speak and coach to some friends. They, they say, hey, Dan, you navigated your career transition. I'm also thinking of transitioning because I'm very unhappy, uh, upset about my work, mm. upset about the culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. And very interestingly, even though I have made that transition myself, I often tell them, hey, don't make a rash decision <laughs> just because you're unhappy now. Uh, because some of them have built up their careers, they have built up their social capital. That's another really important one. Because if people know you, you have kind of reputation for you know getting things done in the company. That is actually very valuable. And if you transition to a totally new company, totally new industry, you're giving up years of building up that. Uh, you know, when people work with you, for example, Michelle, and they think, well, Michelle is awesome. But if you go somewhere else, you just have to start all over again. So it's quite funny. I tell them uh, to really think if you go to a new organization, is it going to be different or is it going to be more of the same? And people always think that. But you don't know until you step in. That's the thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) It is true. (laughs) You hope for the best, but you know, it could be that uh, rock and a harder place kind of situation, right? Totally. And and hence, uh, you asked me were there uncertainties. You mean you never really know for sure? Yeah. Uh, two things that come to mind, right? Mm. One is that when you go through the interview process, and sometimes, I mean, those of you who are in middle management or senior management, that mm-hmm. may be multiple rounds, I would suggest speaking to, to different layers of the organization, not just your direct report, your boss, you know, your team, even people that you might manage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have a meal with them, have a coffee, and you can kind of get to know them a bit more personally or pick, speak to people who have worked in the company before. Uh, that's one. So yeah, you really, or in the interview process, people are often seeking out to see if you're the right candidate. In my interviews, I also kind of interview them to see if they are the right employer for right. what I'm really looking for. Mm-mm. Yeah, and the second thing is people think that grass is greener on the other side. Uh, well, we don't really know, as you said, until we go there. Mm. I think that the grass is greener where you water it. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, and, and it's also, you know, sometimes people are just so frustrated. Uh, I mean, I've, I've left the organizations that I've worked in, but I, I have nothing but good things to say about that. You know, mm. whether they were good or bad experiences, it's also about what we take away and what we learn from it. So I think it just helps me develop as an individual and, and get better. If you ever met Daniel in person, you notice he always has a smile on his face. <laughs> He's such a happy person. We love having your energy on the show. Daniel Simbor, founder of Born Poor, Die Rich. Okay, so we talked about moving from the SAF to PMO. You're trying to find your passion. You think it's organizational development. You're building teams. And then you move to the private sector. Now, all along the way, you're building up uh, separate revenue streams as well for yourself, right? Correct, yeah. So had you reached a stage where before you jump into entrepreneurship, you think, okay, I already have the safety net that I built for myself. Is that key to you being able to move to starting your own business? I think it's, it's, it is very key, especially if you're someone who, you know, it's, it's, uh, already has a family, you might have kids, and you want to transition in a way where you don't go back one day to your baby and say, hey, sorry, today daddy doesn't have any money. No for lunch for you. <laughs> no <laughs> lunch for you, too bad. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, so I, the way I look at it is as your passive income grows um, and it covers more of your basic expenses, it doesn't even have to be a lot, right? Even as you're starting out a few properties and it grows to 2000 3000 4000 passive income a month, suddenly your choices open up because even if I have to take a pay cut, uh, it's okay because, well, technically, uh, overall, with your active and your passive income, you're not really taking a pay cut. It's just that you're transitioning from 
trading or working hard for your money mm-hmm. uh, to having some parts of your money working hard for you instead and having that balance. And some people say, hey, Dan, so with passive income, I just don't need to work. Lah. You know, I just go and sip cocktails on a beach. A beach. <laughs> live in but Bali. Yeah. You live in Bali. But I think, you know, it, it's always ha- uh, helpful to keep active, um, which is kind of what I did, right? When I, mm. Even when I left my full-time job in yeah. PMO, mm-hmm. I, I started working three days a week, you know, as a consultant in the private sector. And I, I find that, that that brought me lots of joy because I worked with people I enjoyed working with. Mm. I was very passionate about the mission of the company, helping other organizations transform culture. I love that. In fact, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to do that my, my whole life until, uh, you know, a few years ago, I felt, felt quite called to set up this bumper diary and help teach people how to invest in golden goose properties. Just because I see so many people losing money in property investments mm. gone wrong or, or, you know, buying a very expensive new build and hoping it goes up in value, um, that, that pained me a lot. So, but, but setting up a business is a totally different ballgame uh, uh, compared to navigating a career transition. I, when we talk about job transitions, what sort of support systems do you think that an individual should put in place to sort of mitigate unexpected challenges, maybe long periods of unemployment? Yeah, I think the, um, there are a lot of, a resource I think you should one should really go for is to get a career coach or to speak mm. to someone. Did you have yeah. one? I did have. I mean, because I moved into the the world of OD organization development, there were a lot of very good friends, coaches, facilitators, who really held up a mirror for me to see: Is this really what you want to do? Uh, are these are you playing to your areas of strengths? So I would suggest doing that, you know, understanding more about yourself, what you really want. Mm. A lot of people transition because they're motivated either by a push factor, like, you know, I'm unhappy with this, mm. uh, but they don't really think, then what is it that you want more of? So I think getting clarity on that is important. Uh, chatting to the family as well. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, whether husband or your wife and getting their support behind the decision. So for my wife and I, she, uh, she used to uh, practice law. And uh, she moved in-house as well. Uh, and she too, t- too took a pay cut. <laughs> when you say moved in-house, do you mean she works for, for the Born Poor Die Rich? No, no. She worked for a private company as an in-house uh, legal counsel okay. for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, so that, that even within the household, we had to navigate the timing of that because we both couldn't make that transition at the same time. Yeah. So I think, you know, really planning out, planning it out, like how we would do in a work context, right? Doing a work plan or, you know, crunching wow. the numbers. We really, you know, went down to the detail to try to smoothen out the transition. Okay. And I think having some, some, you know, expenses set aside for a rainy day fund, you know, like maybe four, four to six months of expenses, that's always helpful. Four to six months savings, yeah? Yeah. All right. How can an individual evaluate the overall value of a new job opportunity if they were to look beyond immediate salary? What other factors should they consider? You know, work-life balance, mm. benefits, what do you think? Yeah, um... I think the big one is is uh, who are you going to be working for? The boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, research has shown that people don't leave their jobs; they leave their bosses, right? Yeah. And yeah, so who are you going to be working for? What are their working styles like? What are the expectations of you? Uh, in fact, one of the best bosses I've ever worked with was mm-hmm. in the military, and I remember going in for a um, uh, kind of like an interview with him. He was interviewing me to see if I would take on a kind of like an operations role, a head of operations in in a in a battalion, 
And I was very, I was very hesitant to do it because I had my newborn and I was, you know, going in for the interview feeling really afraid because like he probably, in my mind, I was thinking, oh man, he's going to scold me. He's going to say, how dare you reject a posting? (laughs) People are vying for this really good posting. Um, But interestingly, he, you know, the first thing he said to me was, I don't expect you to work late. You know, if you're done with your work, go home. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's an emergency, uh, there's a need, you know, then yes, you we need your help. But other than that, um, you know, go home. And I was like, what? Is this for real? And I took on, <laughs> I actually took on that role, you know. And then when I went in the first day in office yeah. at 6 p.m., mm-hmm. he came up to me, he walked into my office and then he, he said, hey, Daniel. In my mind, I was thinking he's going to say, ha, 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 you know, you, you got conned. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he said? He said, hey, Dan, it's time. You know, if there's nothing urgent, uh, go home. Oh, and wow, I tell you, I almost... I almost really had tears in my eyes and I, I, thought, I felt this is somebody, you know, I would do anything it takes to, to make sure things are in order. And to, to fast forward to this day, we're still friends and yeah, very, very grateful for him teaching me and modeling, you know, what being a good boss is like. Um, yeah, people like this, mentors, uh, bosses, and, uh, you know, if, if ever there was a chance to work with him again, yeah, I would, I would certainly jump at it too. Amazing, amazing. It is really people that, make up your work-life balance as well. You know, it's not just about the time that you spend at work, but the expectations that are weighing on you, that play on your mind over the weekend as well. I love that story. Are there any final tips you have for our listeners? They want to make a job transition. If they had a golden goose property, um, how long would it take for them to build up their revenue stream to make a job transition come true? Yeah, um, that's a great question. A lot of our students, you know, I think the first key is getting yourself educated to find the right golden goose properties, surrounding yourself with a team of experts because we we look at properties in the UK and these are not new builds, they're existing properties. But a lot of them get their first golden goose within, you know, six to 12 months. So I would I would suggest having some lead time, especially if you want to make a transition. Uh, you don't just <laughs> quit your job today and start applying for jobs tomorrow. It just doesn't work that way. Mm. And I thought, hey, you know, I was pretty qualified, you know, and I was transiting them. I was in the dean's list in school. I was, uh, you know, I mean, I say this in humility and, and I was doing well in the career. Uh, I thought, you know, certainly I'll be able to transit very easily. I put in lots of job offers and I was pretty young then as well, you know, in my early 30s. Uh, and to my surprise, nobody called me back for like one, one or two months and I was shocked. Um, it, it wasn't as easy as I had thought so. Um, so I would say plan for it. Um, speak to lots of people because a lot of times the, the opportunities may, may not even be in the classifieds or, in, or online, uh, but it's really connections and people to, I mean, Michelle, you mentioned that earlier, it's about people, right? And mm-hmm. if somebody that you speak to and say, hey, okay, I know somebody else who's looking for a good fit. You, you might be a good fit. Meet this person for coffee, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and really get yourself out there. I think opportunity comes to people who are on the dance floor, right? You, you can just sit at home and hope that people... <laughs> somehow the opportunity falls in your lap. So it's about going out there, being proactive, speaking to people, yeah, uh, doing, doing, adding value to other people, doing work for free. Uh, I think these are all steps in the, little steps in the right direction. This has really been a rich show. I feel like I've been coached. Thank you, Daniel.
<laughs> Have a great day ahead. Daniel Sim is founder of Born Poor Die Rich. Today, opening up, sharing about his life, and we're talking about career transitions. Thank you so much for listening. In case you missed any of that show, you can listen all over again. We're on Spotify, we're on audio. The playlist that you want is Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.